Hey everybody, welcome into Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers, presented as always by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. We thank you very much for stopping by wherever you are listening to Territory Talk, and however you are listening to Territory Talk, because it's available on a multitude of platforms. Doug Plagans, Jameson Olive here with you as always, as we are now about, uh, what, Jameson, a week or so away from the start of Panthers training camp. We're getting closer and closer to Panthers. Panthers camp to the preseason to the start of a new season and we continue our Atlantic Division previews today we'll be talking about well the teams that we haven't talked about yet over the last couple of episodes getting closer and closer to what we predict to be the top tier of the Atlantic Division also joining us from NHL Network we will have former Stanley well I should say not former Stanley Cup champion once you are a Stanley Cup champion you are a Stanley Cup champion forever uh, Mike Rupp from NHL Network is going to join us won a Stanley Cup with the New Jersey Devils during his playing days so we will be hearing from him coming up in just a little bit but first Jamison Olive you are going to be going to the prospect tournament so what are you expecting out of this I was looking at the roster for it looks very similar to the development camp roster that the Panthers fielded a couple of months back what are you looking forward to and hey plain and simple how the heck are you today doing good like you said leaving on a jet plane here pretty soon going to Raleigh for this uh, did you write that song uh, yes I did okay. uh, uncredited uncredited but uh, leaving on a jet plane here going to Raleigh for the prospect showcase tournament it's gonna be the Panthers the Lightning the Hurricanes and the Predators I love these tournaments I remember the last time we had it here was years ago and I remember uh, Philip Forsberg and Seth Jones were like the, the cream of the crop there for the Preds back then. So that shows you how long ago that prospect showcase tournament was. But I can't wait till we get one here again because it's usually these kind of teams. We kind of rotate around with mm-hmm. this group. But right now we're headed to Raleigh and I think it's going to be an exciting weekend. Uh, like you said, it kind of kicks things off right when we get back from that trip. Uh, training camp is here and we get going and then it's real hockey the rest of the year all the way to the summer. Like we've been saying each and every episode. And uh, we were with uh, Matthew Kachuk at Marlins Park uh, the other day and he said, you know, all the guys are in town. The other day was like like a real, real strong and formal skate at the Panthers ice den. They're really ramping it up over there. Uh, the guys are already gelling. They're getting to know e- know each other, all the new guys, you know, whether it's Balser, Stahl, Kachuk. Uh, they're already fe- feeling comfortable together. So uh, they're ready to hit the ground running, so I'm really excited for that. But before we get to that, the prospects get a chance to shine. And looking at the roster, like you said, and if you want to look at the roster, head over to FloridaPanthers.com or at FLA Panthers on Twitter or myself at Jameson Coop on Twitter. It's all over the place. But it's a lot of invites, kind of like how D-Camp was. Uh, because, uh, of course, uh, this camp does not include college kids, does not include a lot of the guys playing in European leagues, uh, the guys playing pro overseas, like Casper uh, Pudio, for example. He's already getting ready for his league season. He's not going to be here, guys like that. But looking at the group. Yeah, a lot um, of guys in there that we saw back during Yeah, D-camp and a lot of invites well. that impressed at D-Camp. They're, yeah. they're once again invited to come hang out again. You know, the invites, uh, you know, Kai Schwint, Tag Bertuzzi, those guys are back. And then you have some of the recent draft picks like Marek Alshir, Josh Davies, you know, those guys, and uh, Matt Guzda, you know, a couple guys that we signed recently in the last couple of years. Uh, Nathan Steos, who we signed at uh, D-Camp, he'll be back here. So a lot of interesting people on the ice. Justin Sordiff's a guy that I'm definitely keeping an eye on. But if you ask me, you know, who the guys I'm really looking Looking forward to seeing this weekend. Just guys in particular, I'm excited to see in kind of this real game action. I think one of the guys near the top of the list might be Josh Davies. And that's because, for those of you who don't know, Josh Davies, sixth round pick of the Panthers, uh, 
in this year's draft. I, I really like what I saw from him at D-Camp. He had a goal in the scrimmage, but the scrimmage guys aren't really given 100-100% because you're playing against your fellow prospects. But now that you're in competition against other teams, I know a lot of the guys are going to ramp up the intensity. And from what I'm told, you know, Josh Davies is one of those guys. He's like Ryan Lombard 2.0. He just crashes and bangs out there. He's an agitator. He's going to get under guys' skin. So I'm really just excited to see him kind of be able to use some of those talents that maybe he was holding back on during the D-Camp scrimmage uh, now that he is against, you know, players from the Hurricanes and the Lightning and the Predator. So he's a guy I'm also looking forward to seeing, you know, Braden Hachet. I really like his game, and it seems like he gets a little bit better every time we see him. Uh, Matt Guzda, I, I really want to see what he does in net. I thought he was really strong at D-Camp, and I think him and Alex Lyon will be a really nice one-two in Charlotte this year if they get the opportunity to kind of form that platoon together. So, you know, overall, I think there's a lot of interesting people to watch. Even Nathan Steos, we really didn't get to see him at a, you know, given 100% out there against, you know, real competition during D-Camp and CHL Defenseman of the Year. So obviously coming in with a lot of uh, a lot of clout and a lot of eyeballs on him. And then in terms of the other teams, the only guy I'm really interested in seeing that I'm actually watching pretty closely um, is Askarov from uh, the Nashville Predators' first-round pick goaltender a couple years ago. And they don't need him to be rushed to the NHL anytime soon because UC Soros is an absolute stud right now. But he's got a lot of expectations. Maybe the most hyped goalie prospect right now, would you say? I am. I don't remember who it was, but I remember the phrase "Russian Carey Price" being thrown. Yeah, around a so few he's years been hyped a lot. He's been hyped up quite a bit, and and was going into his draft year, and he was uh, he fell almost was I, I believe the spot right before the Panthers took Anton Lindell, a spot or two before the Panthers took. Anton it was in Lindell, in the vicinity, right in that neighborhood. But this yeah. was also the year after Spencer Knight, so people were saying, you know, this is kind of. The, those guys are going to be connected for a bit. Spencer Knight and Askarov, two goaltenders that went back-to-back years in similar spots in the first round. Um, some say they like Knight. Some say they like Askarov. Obviously, Knight has the more proven track record right now because he's been in the NHL. But Askarov, you know, his career is not going to be make or break with this this prospect showcase. But I am excited to see what he looks like against these guys out there, especially our guys. Yeah, it's going to be exciting to see, obviously, as we get into prospect camp tournament. And it's going to be... Uh, right into the real camp and everything right after that. And I didn't even say I'm also super excited to see Justin Sordeff because he's making the jump after a really strong junior yep. career. We didn't get to see him much at D-Camp. He was a little banged up. So to see him now in this prospect showcase out there in the ice, maybe one of the biggest standouts from the prospect showcase or the rookie tournament in Tampa last year. He had a great rookie tournament in Tampa last year. So just throwing him in there, another guy. I'm excited to see all these guys, but that's just a couple names. And as you pointed to, Jameis, and the big thing is you get to see him in game action. It's a little uh, different, yeah. In game action that's not a, a scrimmage at a D-Camp. Yeah. Uh, and you can tell things from that, obviously. But when you get on the ice against guys, Guys that are you know from other teams everybody's going to want to make an impression some of these guys are going to be going to their NHL training camps afterward everybody wants to make some kind of an impression and in as close to real game action as you can get this yeah. is a good place to do and it. like we always say at D camp you're never you're, no one's winning a job at D camp right prospect showcase tournament it's when you really start to maybe plant those seeds uh these a lot of We've these guys, guys have great training yeah. camps that started with great prospects for the camps. invites a lot of these invites are trying to get contracts or just stick around for you know get invited back next season but uh you know a lot of these guys are also going back to juniors after this camp but there's guys like sort of uh like guzda you know those guys that are making the jump this year they're going to be full-timers in the pros and whether it's they just want to stick around camp as long as they can and you know really get some time with the panthers towards the end of training camp maybe you know put themselves in a position get a call up at some point in the season or just the fact that you know they're playing in front of Jordy Kinnear head coach of the the Charlotte Checkers in this tournament and maybe they want to start working on where they're going to work their way into the lineup this year in Charlotte so um, this is a really important camp for a lot of these guys 
It's going to be exciting to watch as we go through the upcoming weekend. Again, uh, Territory Talk is always presented by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. We will continue our breakdown team by team of the Atlantic Division coming up here in just a moment. But, uh, Jamison, we had a chance to catch up with Mike Rupp from NHL Network. And, folks, you can watch top 50 players right now players 40 through 31 that's this sunday at 6 eastern where nhl network will continue to count down the best players in today's game mike rupp will be a part of that show but he was a part of our show and with that we will bring you to uh, that conversation that we had with former stanley cup champion mike rupp all right well joining us this week on territory talk the official podcast of the florida panthers from nhl network he is a stanley cup champion great career in the national hockey league kind enough to take some time out for us we have my friend and yours mike rupp stopping by the show mike first want to say uh, thanks once again for stopping by the program today how are you, are you excited for a new season coming up here uh, I'm good. Glad to be back on here with you. And uh, I am excited. I'm excited uh, for the new season around the corner. Listen, we all love summertime. We love the weather. We love all those things. But you start to get that itch back. And we're in that time now. Training camps right around the corner. And yeah, I'm getting, uh, I'm getting fired up for hockey season. Mike Rupp coming in from NHL Network. And a reminder, you can watch top 50 players right now, number 40 to 31. Numbers 40 to 31 coming up Sunday at 6 Eastern, where NHL Network will continue to count down the best players in today's game. Mike was a part of that show, so we'll talk about that coming up in a little bit uh, as well here. But, Mike, the first thing we want to get to, the last couple of weeks we've been previewing the Atlantic Division here. How do you see things shaking out? It's been a division full of busy teams over the course of the offseason, whether it's what the Panthers have done, whether it's what Ottawa's done, Montreal. It uh, seems like another season where you look at the Atlantic Division and there isn't going to be an easy night because obviously no. you still have t- uh, Toronto, Tampa Bay, uh, you know, and those teams aren't going anywhere. Yeah, I know, and that's uh, <clears throat> the one thing that hasn't changed in that division is I still think that that division is is the, the top three or the top three. Like, I don't really see that change in any way, shape, or form. It's, it's the Florida Panthers, it's the Tampa Bay Lightning, and it's the Toronto Maple Leafs. I don't know what order that finishes, one, two, three, and quite frankly, I don't think any of the teams care, right? Tampa's one, no matter if they were whatever their seed was, when they were at their best uh, um, in the dominant season, they got swept in the first round. Uh, by the, the Columbus Blue Jackets. We know the Florida Panthers won the President's Trophy last year, and we know what happened in the playoffs with them. So I don't think it really matters who finishes one, two, or three, um, except you're going to have a really tough matchup if you're two, three. So I think that that's, that, you know, that's where it kind of comes into play. But, uh, you know, I'm, I, as far as the rest of the division, that's where the biggest changes have been. Uh, and, and a lot of them are TBD. Like, I don't know what's going to happen here with the Boston Bruins. I don't know how their start's going to be. I don't think they're a lock for the fourth spot or even uh, the top three spots, even having a chance. I think that's all up in the air. I think that now you're starting to see the Ottawa senators. Uh, you're starting to see teams like uh, D- Detroit, uh, you know, Buffalo, they're going to be better. I don't know to what level uh, you're talking about. I think last year between uh, Boston being the fourth team in that division between them, I think Buffalo was fifth. There was like a, 32 point swing or something that's tough to make up but i think boston bruins are going to come back a little bit you can have those teams moving forward so it'll be really interesting to see what shakes out here in this length division who makes the playoffs and who doesn't and mike looking at the panthers uh, obviously like you said still a very very good team but a very different looking team heading into the season after the trade with mackenzie Weger and jonathan huber to go to calgary matthew Kachuk coming to the panthers 
we know about the 40 plus goals. We know about the hundred plus points, but when people look at the trade, they say the Panthers got a lot tougher. Just how much value do you put on kind of the toughness and that edge that Kachuk's going to bring to this team? Um, I, it's, it's what they needed. They, they need it. And, and I don't think it could just stop there. And I don't think it has, I think it's a different mindset that Matthew Kachuk brings. Um, but this is a team that was uber, uber talented last year. The Panthers were, one of the, if not the most talented team in the NHL. No one likes how it went down in the playoffs, right? So they, they, it's, is this team as talented as last year? I'd say no, but they got a need here that might make them a, a playoff team now. You know what I mean? So you may take a step back in, in, in overall talent, but as far as building a hockey club and finding a way to fight through things, I think this team got better. And so um, it obviously hurts with Mackenzie Weger, but that's the kind of the price of a trade like that. I, I think that he was a really big piece for this, uh, this Panthers team. But, um, you know, I, I just think that this is a, a Florida team. The thing with Matthew Kachuk, it's like I played with guys, not necessarily like him because I think he's a rarity, but I played with guys a similar. And when you go out there and you have a guy in your team, that's just the, the way he plays, you have to be ready. You're forced to be ready every night, and you're forced to play a different style, not just from what Matthew does with over, his, you know, with over 100 points, and he's an agitator, but the way after whistles, when you're out there as a line, and he's getting into it with guys, and he's jawing guys, it drags maybe the passive player into the game a little bit more, and that's a good thing. So, um, you know, I, I think that uh, this is a, that was a huge move, obviously. It's one of the biggest moves. What, what was it? It's the biggest move – we, we did on NHL Network. It was uh, the, the first time that uh, 200 point players were traded for each other since mm -hmm. Wayne Gretzky and Jimmy Carson back, oh, yeah. you know, back in the day. So it was I mean, an NBA so move. It just felt, yeah. it felt not of hockey. It was crazy. No, it's crazy. And I, I actually think, and I'm not trying to just, uh, you know, a lot of times this gets thrown around loosely. I'm the first one to jump on a team that I think lost a trade. I think both teams won. Both teams got what they needed in this situation. I can't wait to see how the Panthers look with with Matthew Kachuk. Mike Rupp joining us from NHL Network, and you hit it on the head right there. Both teams went in with a plan in mind, and both teams left that trade feeling uh, pretty good about themselves. So it's going to be interesting to see the way that it all shakes out. But going off of that kind of expanding, Mike, and you touched on some of this, but the Panthers already had, you know, Radko Gudis, Ryan Lomberg, Sam Bennett, Patrick Hornquist, those kind of guys, the guys that uh, do some of the dirty work. And you throw Matthew Chuck in there, uh, just how much more difficult could that make the Panthers to play against when you have that sandpaper factor involved and how much can that come in handy when you get into those bigger games late in the year i uh, it's everything and and the part two that that i always found and um those guys you mentioned i love what they bring to the panthers and i think that's why the panthers were a different team last year and winning that president's trophy they obviously had a ton of talent but they they've had and they've they've gotten this element of grit over the last couple of seasons the one thing that kind of lacked or with those guys you mentioned um, outside of Sam Bennett, none of those guys are top six guys, right? So it's like you need you need guys to put it this way. If Sasha Barkov's on this, and you want you want Barkov to do like he's an all world talent. You want him to play his game. His game is not face washing and getting into it after whistles. But when you've got Matthew on the ice potentially with him going out there and he's taking care of those things. He's he's going to be that lightning rod type player where everyone's going to be focused on Matthew. Why? 
because he's going to be in your face chewing on his mouth guard, yelling at you, getting in all your players' face. So this is going to open up areas for Sasha Barkov. This is going to allow the corners to be had here by Matthew Kachuk. I, I just find that having a, a, a tough, gritty player in your top six, not just your top six, on all four lines is huge because you've got to have a blend on all four lines. And uh, this was one that, uh, you know, you've got Sam Bennett, like you mentioned, you've got Matthew Kachuk. I mean, those are two guys that can certainly be uh, in your top six or if Sam Bennett at times bumps down to a line three and then you've got, I, I love Lamborghini. He's one of my favorite guys in the league to watch, just making things happen. You have to, you cannot create team toughness by adding it just to your role players at the bottom line. You need highly skilled guys to be able to and willing to play tough too. And that's what Matthew brings. Yeah, we all we all love Ryan Lomberg here. Definitely a fan favorite and a fan, a fan favorite for us as well. But uh, Mike, I want to ask you, we talk about obviously the biggest splash, Matthew Kachuk, but the Panthers also had to make a lot of depth signings with guys like Colin White, Rudolph Bowsers. But one guy in particular, you know, Mark Stahl, you played with him back in the day with the Rangers. Just at this stage of his career and just as a person, what do you think he's going to bring to that room in the blue line this year for the Panthers? Uh, Stahl's is going to be great. Uh, I think he's going to be great. He's uh, he's a guy. He's uh, his personality is um, so he's a he's a veteran. He's played in very meaningful games. He's played in uh, Stanley Cup final. Uh, he had those years in, with the Rangers. I mean, that team was that team was dialed in pretty much every year that he was a Ranger and uh, was a competitive team. So he, he knows what the playoffs looks like. But his personality inside the room is just laid back. And it's, it's awesome because, listen, you, what happened with the Panthers this past year, it puts a lot of pressure on them this year. Like, they've got to find a way. Like, they are kind of entering into, to some degree, recent years of the Toronto Maple Leafs where the regular season is not really going to matter to people, right? Like, dude, you're not going to get judged. Like, if the Florida Panthers won the President's Trophy again this year, I think a lot of people are going to be like, well, well, let's see what they do in the playoffs. So that's a tough thing to navigate through in a season is like, you know that the test, you're doing all this homework and you know the test isn't until five months from now. Like it's tough to, it's tough to kind of stay focused that way. Mark Stahl is just laid back. He's, a, he's kind of a very sarcastic jokester in the locker room. I think that's important. And he's a wily vet. You need him, what do you need him to do? You need Mark Stahl to play. Um, you know, limited minutes and give you quality minutes. He's going to do that. If there's an injury or if there's a situation where, hey, Stalzi, we need you to play 20 tonight. He can certainly do that. So this is a, a player that is, uh, I think, a perfect fit because of the expectations of this team. Mike Rupp joining us here on Territory Talk. And uh, Mike, of course, come to us from NHL Network. You can watch top 50 players right now, 40 to 31, Sunday at 6 Eastern, or NHL Network will continue to count down the best players in today's game. And Mike wanted to get to just a, a couple of notes off, uh, off that list. Uh, obviously, we're talking the top 50 players in the game, so it's star after star after star when you go down the list. But if you look at this list here, there are a couple of big names that stick out from the Atlantic Division. For example, Alex Dabrinkit, Moritz Sider. But you look at this list and maybe jump five years into the future. You look at the crystal ball. Which name on this list might be uh, the guy that jumps the furthest up the list uh, five years from now? If you had to take this uh, this group that you're going to be running down coming up on Sunday at 6 Eastern. Jack Hughes, also a, another guy that uh, looks to be a star in the league for a number of years to come. Yeah, I would probably have to go with Mo Sider in Detroit. Um, I think what, what he did, I mean, he's a rarity. He's huge, right? Was he like six, six? Um, he obviously won the Calder for rookie of the year this year. 
Um, he's just going to be getting better and better, I think. And I, I think to already, I mean, a defense in the NHL as a young player is so difficult to kind of make a, you can make an impact, but be in a top 50 list this early after your rookie year. I mean, you have a lot of responsibilities. He's going to get more and more in Detroit. He's going to get all the top, top, uh, sorry, top difficult matchups for the opponent. He's got to, you know, keep producing more and more for this team. His physical play, his physicality is awesome. Like he loves to hit and he, you got to know when most siders on the ice. So um, I, I think we're starting to see a player, uh, you know, Panther fans may not want to hear this, but uh, I, I see, I see some Victor Hedman in him. I see some Victor Hedman. In him, and we know how effective he's been in his career. Um, so yeah, I, that's a guy where, uh, he's already being mentioned in the top 50 list. So who knows where that would be on the top defenseman list as far as, uh, you know, how, what number he would kick in at. But uh, I'd have to assume that you give him a couple more years and that team getting better around him, maybe gets more numbers. This guy can climb the list a lot. Yeah, I know Panthers fans are all kind of, for a couple of years now, I've been seeing the Red Wings and Stevie Y off in the distance, slowly getting better. And of course, a player like Mo Sider kind of expedites things over there. So a scary thought, but, you know, a fun player to watch, uh, definitely for for any hockey fan. But Rupper, my last one here I wanted to ask you is obviously, like Doug said in your intro, you've had a great career. You won the Stanley Cup, get a huge goal in game seven of the Stanley Cup finals. So I'm sure a lot of people walk up to you on the street and mention those things. But this past year, uh, something from your past kind of came back to the surface with your time with the Danbury Trashers, thanks to Netflix. Just what was it like having that part of your life just come back into the spotlight? Because that that documentary kind of took over for a bit. We had guys in the locker room with Danbury T-shirts on. It's some, it's, it just felt like it was everywhere for a little bit. Yeah, it was kind of nuts. It was, um, you know, it's, it's funny. Uh, it kind of, I got a, so that was all dating back and the people, anybody that's watching or listening right now uh, might not know the whole story, but it was, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was a basically slap shot uh, meeting. What would you guys compare it to? It was, it was like slap shot meeting Mighty Ducks, Sopranos. I guess. Sopranos. Yeah. yeah something like that. <laughs> yeah. Good, yeah. Sopranos and slap shot kind of coming together. And, uh, so it was during the lockout in, in 2005 and, um, I, you know, got an opportunity to go somewhere to play and I didn't realize kind of what was, I was going just to play hockey. And then you start seeing some of the things that are going on and, uh, you find out later on that, uh, you know, it, it it's, uh, Netflix reached out and wanted to make a, a documentary. They want to start these untold sports documentaries that they're doing, which are incredible. It doesn't stop there. I mean, that mouse at the palace was one of the episodes in their first release, um, I mean, there was an incredible amount. They got the new release that just came out recently. And, uh, so yeah, it, it was prior pandemic. Um, they reached out, they wanted to uh, get together and, and kind of chat about it. And we did, I, I just sat down with them probably in 2018 or 19 and then pandemic happened and it was just two years past of nothing. So I'm like, Oh, it must not, you know, maybe it, 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 the funding or something has changed with this. And then all of a sudden it was like, no, man, this thing's coming out next week. And uh, so all of a sudden, you know, and it kind of took AJ Galante, the, uh, the owner uh, uh, or the, the, the general manager who was 18 at the time, uh, part of the story, uh, he was uh, caught on him off guard too, because it was like all of a sudden this thing was dropping. And, you know, this has been a team that's been defunct here for a number of years since 2006, I think. There's no team shop. There was nothing there. And all of a sudden just things started pouring in and this guy's doing interviews everywhere. Everyone's talk uh, of the hockey world, not just the hockey world, like the, the, the reach of this Netflix documentary went everywhere. I mean, there was, I had teachers 
that I had in elementary school that were reaching out to me. I mean, all walks of life, people <laughs> I haven't talked to in, in 30 years that have nothing to do with hockey. Um, it's an incredible story. So yeah, it, it, it changed a lot, I think for AJ and uh, you know, give him some, uh, um, some attention. I mean, this was a, an awesome story, incredibly done here by Netflix and uh yeah, it's uh, it was a crazy, crazy time, and uh, you know we'll get uh, we'll have to have uh, have me on later, and we can tell uh, some more stories about it because there's a lot of good ones. No, we'd love to uh, have you back on down the road, and that's the the segue, Mike, and to add one more for you here before we let you get going, but uh, to put you on the spot, Mike Rupp, NHL Network here with us, of course. Uh, to put you on the spot, the Florida Panthers can win the Stanley Cup this season if what happens. Um, they can win the Stanley cup this year. If Sergei Bobrovsky is, is he's got to be another level, I think too, you know, and I thought he's been good, but you know, they didn't get him to be good. They got him to be great. So, and I, and I'd listen, I say this with just complete and utter respect for this guy. I've seen this guy compete i've talked to people about his commitment to excellence it's all there so it's it's staying healthy it's you know getting the right kind of support and defensive structure in front of him i think if this guy can get back to a top tier goalie in this league i think the sky's the limit for this team i certainly think this team can win a stanley cup they're in that uh that small group of teams that i would consider to be in that that top tier of of legitimate contenders and uh, i know a lot of people are excited to see what this team can put together coming up in the 22-23 season well he is mike rupp he joins us from nhl network you can watch top 50 players right now 40 to 31 coming up sunday at 6 eastern where nhl network will continue to count down the best players in today's game mike of course will be a part of that show so check it out he does great work there all the time mike rupp our guest Thanks very much, Mike, for stopping by here today on Territory Talk. And uh, like we said there, can't wait to have you on again down the road sometime. Awesome. Fellas, anytime, let me know. And uh, good luck to the start of the season. So big thanks to Mike Rupp from NHL Network, longtime NHLer, Stanley Cup champion. Territory Talk is always presented by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. And, well, great to have him on the show and uh, great to hear his take on a lot of different things pertaining to the Panthers and, well, other things around the National Hockey League and the Atlantic Division. Uh, breaking down the Kachuk trade, I think uh, the way he put it is how a lot of people put it. I think uh, it's one of those rare trades where both teams had a plan and both teams Felt pretty good about themselves afterwards, but he likes what Matthew Chuck can bring to the Panthers, and he likes the makeup of this Panthers team with a lot of guys that are, as they say, tough to play against. Yeah, no, it's definitely a, a micro-up team in a lot of ways, just with all the, the, the grit and sandpaper they got with these guys, and the guys that have grit and sandpaper but can also really you know put the puck in the back of the net, and that's important to have both things. But, um, you know, we got to get him back on here definitely and have more more stories from the Danbury Trashers days. If you haven't seen it, listeners out there, you know, go to Netflix, find the doc. It's absolutely incredible. So next time we get him on, maybe we'll get a good story from him, like he said. But I think the most interesting thing he said that I really enjoyed was obviously a lot of praise for Matthew Kachuk, but I like just what he said about, you know, the stuff after the whistles, the stuff, you know, the, the chirps and, you know, the face washes and all that good stuff that and I think the words he used were, you know, you know, get passive players maybe into the game, guys that, you know, maybe need that little extra fire in them to get them, you know, lit up on the bench, things like that. So, you know, Matthew Kachuk's going to do a lot of things. He's going to score a lot of goals. He's going to have a lot of points. But 
the effect he's going to have on the rest of the team is going to be really interesting. And we'll, we'll, we'll preview the, you know, the Panthers as we, we go along here and we get into another episode and we get closer to the season once we get into camp and stuff. But the Panthers have a lot of the same players coming back, but I think they're going to look very different based on just how they look on the ice in terms of how they carry themselves, attitude, things like that. And Matthew Kachuk's a big part of that. So, you know, shout out to Mike Rupp. Great guest. Great to have him on. And it's nice to know he'll be watching what the Cats do this season. And he's uh, a big Ryan Lomberg fan. He is. Yeah. He, uh, he mentioned and I saw Lomby the other day. He was here for the, the Latham Cup kickoff, and I told him that, and he was just stoked. Uh, so it's nice, you know, you know, Lombie really appreciates the love. And I, I think we, we, we I, I cannot wait to see uh, the first Lamborghini hair flip here at FLA Live Arena come season. I would imagine we won't have to wait too long oh, uh, no. to, to see that. So, again, great to catch up with Mike Rupp from NHL Network. Thanks to him for stopping by the program. And I know we will uh, be running him down at some point in the future for uh, another follow-up appearance, if you will. And that takes us now, Jameson, into a continuation of our Atlantic Division preview. We talked about the Atlantic there a bit with Mike Rupp. But now we come down the stretch into the top tier of teams we have not covered and this the, worked out perfectly yes. because we were just kind of climbing the ladder, like we said, going from the bottom of the standings last year to the top. So it's going to finish if with I, the Panthers. And it sounds funny saying we haven't covered the Panthers. Yeah, we so, cover the Panthers every week. Yeah, we, so we haven't gotten to them in the ranking. We're not going to necessarily break down the Panthers like we have these other teams this episode because we're just that's all we're going to talk about after this episode going forward forever until the end of time. Can we agree, though? So it worked I, I out perfectly. And I think we both are, and you know, I think throw the bias aside, we're both picking the Panthers as our, our preseason our preseason pick to repeat as Atlantic Division champion. Yeah, and like Mike Rupp said, I mean, it's going to come down to those three teams. It's the Panthers, the Lightning, and the Maple Leafs. It can finish any which way. All three teams look like playoff teams. And really, like we've you said before, it doesn't matter what happens or how you get there. Just once you get in, that's when it gets really important. So um, are the Panthers going to win the Atlantic? They definitely have a team good enough to do it. And we'll talk more about that. Do they need to? No, they don't need to. But can they? Yes. But now we're getting to the teams that are really going to fight with them for that top spot in the Atlantic Division. So, Doug, climbing up the ladder as we go along, the team that finished third in the Atlantic Division last year, the Tampa Bay Lightning, they went 51-23-8. That's hilarious. 110 points was third place in the Atlantic Division last year. Oh, hopefully it's not that this year. Hopefully the the division's a little bit, a little bit more. I think you're going to see scary. everything get a little bit more condensed. This That's year. also not because the top teams won't be as good. It's also just because everyone's just better than the, the, the teams. The, the non-playoff teams no. in the mix are getting closer. They're getting better. So, like I said, fifty-one, twenty-three, and eight for the Lightning for one hundred and ten points. Eighth on offense, sixth on defense. A very balanced team. Um, looking at their offseason ins and outs. In Ian Cole. Vladislav Nemestikov coming back. He used to play for the Lightning back in the day. Hayden Fleury, Felipe Myers. On the other way out, big losses, Doug. Andre Palat, Ryan McDonough, and Jan Ruta. So you look at, you know, that kind of and out. They replaced Ruta. It's tough to replace the yeah, other Yeah, but it, it, that's, that's, that's some names there. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, Ian Cole is, is a solid replacement there on the blue line. But to lose Ryan McDonough, you know, a guy that, you know, Made a lot of things happen out there. I know a lot of things we didn't like to see some games, but you need you need guys like that. But that's a big loss in the blue line. And Andre Pilat, I you know that's that's a guy you can usually pencil in for fifty points each season around that number. Um, and big playoff goals. And big playoff goals. Just a big part of that team and a big part of that team's success during their Stanley Cup runs. So you know, looking at the leading scorers as well, Steven Stamkos, one hundred six points, forty two of those goals. Victor Hedman just never seems to regress, eighty five points. Nikita Kucherov, sixty nine points, but just in 47 games, uh, Alex Kalorn, 59 points, and then Braden Point with 58 points, but once again, just in 66 games. So, Doug, if I'm looking at the Tampa Bay Lightning heading into the season, and I see, you know, who's coming in, and I see who's going out, I do think 
they take a step back as a playoff team. Because like I said, Andre Palat, you're not going to replace him in the playoffs with any of those guys coming in. I don't think Nemestikov can be that guy, especially at this point in his career. I think you kind of know what he is. But the thing is, because Kucherov only played 47 games last year, because Point only played 66 games, I think if they're healthy with the guys they got, they can be just as good a regular season team as they were last year. But are they a better playoff team when the games, you know, you know, reach that level. I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe talent wise, but every guy on that team is so battle tested that they are just such a good, uh, you know, playoff team for that reason. But I think Andre Palat, you're going to feel that loss in the playoffs. But I don't think you're going to feel it so much in the regular season. Same goes with Ryan McDonough. I don't think you're going to feel a ton of these losses in the regular season for the Lightning. But come playoff time, you'll say, uh, yeah, they could have used those guys. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And this is a conversation for another time. I was thinking about this with with Andre Palat. Maybe this is a, a question that we open up to the listeners and maybe go through some of the answers. But going into this season, what player is going to take the most getting used to in his new uniform in the National Hockey League? Is it Matthew Kachuk is a Panther. I think we're all already used to that. Yeah, and we I, like that. And talking to him, he's already pretty used to being here, too. Is it Johnny Gaudreau in a Columbus Blue Jackets uniform? Is it Andre Palat in a New Jersey Devils uniform? That might be the winner for me. I remember seeing him going all the way back to the American Hockey League. It's going to be strange seeing him in colors that aren't Tampa Bay And Lightning I think colors. especially looking at him, and this is, we're, we're going and off we've on, watched a, him play on a different so much. tangent now, but it, it, it's that, and I also think it's going to be weird that he's going from being, don't get me wrong, he was, he was a, a big bigger piece of the Lightning in years past, but just recently, you know, more of a, a, a really important role player. But now, you know, with the money he's getting paid by the Devils, suddenly probably expectations a little bit higher than they the were this past season. Top six guy that needs to produce. Yeah, so it's, it's going to be interesting for Andre Palat this year, I think. But in terms of what he meant to the Lightning, definitely a big loss. So that's uh, maybe that's something we open up to the listeners and uh, maybe have a conversation yeah, about who, that who, in a future episode. Who's going who's gonna to take the most getting used to in their new yeah, uniform? Who, the who halfway Hockey through League? the season are you going to flip a game on and see a guy in a jersey and go, oh, yeah, he went there. I forgot. <laughs> What's he doing there? Who's who's going to be tough to get used to? So uh, we'll have for me, it's every goalie because uh, like half the goalies in the league change uh, this year. On the flip side of that, if we see Ian Cole wearing the same uniform for too long, we start to wonder what's exactly, going on. Yeah. He's, that hockey DB page is getting lengthy. He's got a, he's got a big man cave with a lot of jerseys. Yeah, he's uh, he's accumulated a lot of memorabilia, and uh, well, so there's. A different look there for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, so that's the, that's the question now, Doug. We we move into there like we've been doing. I think we both agree less than 110 points but still top three in the Atlantic. And I think I just say less points because I think all the teams at the top are going to have less points. Yes, agree. Um, so I guess the big question, Jameson, and we haven't talked about the Leafs yet, but do you think the Lightning can finish ahead of the Leafs? And I've been wrestling with this one, and I may have actually changed my mind since we talked before the show here already. I do 100%, and that's because of Andre Vasilevsky, who we didn't even mention because you don't have to. He's just the constant rock there for the Tampa Bay Lightning. He's going to play 80, at- 80% or more of the games, and he's going to be... Really well, good. that was going to be my question. Even if he regresses at all, he's still really to, good. What if they reduced him to, say, a 50 to 55 game slate? I don't it's think the, they are, though. I don't see them doing Yeah, I don't see them doing that just yet. There's no reason to. He's a horse. But can they finish ahead of the Leafs? I think health, 100%, health yeah. is the reason. Yeah, health they, would they, be the they, biggest they, factor. They can't lose a, a Stamkos, a Hedman, or a Kucherov this year, I, I don't think. I And I have, to, I have to agree with you just on the Vasilevsky factor because I – have well I don't have a ton of faith in what Toronto's throwing out there between the pipes they're hoping to catch they're hoping to catch some some luck with somebody and that's taken us right into our next team ducks we both agree lightning still top three and we'll decide after we talk about the Leafs here where they're finishing two or three in our minds but less than 110 points 
going to feel a little bit you know weaker in the playoffs, but it's still extremely strong. Yeah, I think team. they're going to be under the 110, but I think they're going to finish second in the division. So then you go to the Toronto Maple Leafs last season, second in the Atlantic division, uh, nipping at the heels of the Panthers, 54-21-7, 115 points, seven points behind the Panthers, um, plus 62 goal differential. That was second in the Atlantic division behind the Panthers, plus 94. Um, I don't know what to think of the Leafs this year, like you said, because going through their ins and outs. So coming into the Leafs this offseason, Matt Murray and Ilya Samsonov in net. So two completely different goaltenders. Kelly Yarncroft, Nicholas Abe-Kubel, Adam Gaudet, Victor Mete. Um, so interesting guys coming in. We'll talk about that in a second. But and they kept Mark Giordano. Yeah, they kept some pieces. But in terms of like the, the, the completely new faces, I don't know about that. But on the way out, uh, Jack Campbell, Ilya Mikheyev, Peter Mrazek, Andre Kasha, Colin Blackwell, and uh, Ilya Labushkin. So... I think definitely they're losing more than they're bringing in in terms of the offseason changes. Uh, but you look at the, the the scoring leaders from last season, Austin Matthews, the reigning Hart Trophy winner, 106 points, 60 of those being goals. Um, second to him, 97 points for Mitch Marner, 80 points for William Nylander, 76 points for John Tavares, and 68 points for Morgan Riley. Um, second on offense last year, and that's not surprising with the, fire, the firepower I just listed, 19th on defense, and that's with... Jack Campbell and net for most of the year, who we think is better than Matt Murray and Elias Simpson. correct. Yeah. I think Campbell is better than both of their current options. And this is, this is really there. There are a lot of chips being pushed to the middle of the table. There are some big bets being made on some pretty unproven situations here with Toronto. You mentioned some of the depth that left. Andre Kasha was injured a lot, but Ilya Mikheyev really blossomed I think that's for big, them last year. That and Campbell year. are the biggest losses, yeah. He's a big loss. Campbell's a huge loss. And I think we can all... We saw Ilya Samsonov. We saw him play great yep. for a stretch there in that series in the first round. And we saw the wheels fall off during that uh, on him as well. And that was, that was him during the year. He had so many ups and so many downs. And Washington was waiting for years for him to really just take the ball and run with it and be the guy. And he never really became that successor to Braden Holtby that they wanted him to be. And it was a revolving door he was dealing with there in Washington. Matt Murray, we saw him win Stanley Cups, but then we saw things really Some regression, go yeah. south for yeah. him. So, so that's one thing the I'll one say. way to look at it is you yeah. got two goalies that are going to Toronto with a team that's going to provide proverbial run support in front of him. Yep. So two guys going to Toronto – Basically being told, hey, if you are the better guy, you're going to be the guy. This is your chance to prove it. This is your chance to become a number one goalie on a, on a Stanley Cup hopeful. So they're betting on one of those guys becoming the guy. Now, I don't think either one's better than Jack Campbell, but they're both better than Peter Mrazek or any of the other guys they ran out there last year. And that's that's the, the you know now looking ahead as we're picking you know, who's finishing ahead of who. That's why I'm also picking the Lightning ahead of the Leafs, simply for the fact that at no point during this upcoming season would I expect Vasilevsky to go into a slump where I say, man, he's slumping. He's just so consistent back there. Even his bad games aren't too bad, and if he has a really bad game or even a bad stretch, it's not very long. Whereas, like you said, Matt Murray, Ilya Samsonov can both get hot. I think they could both maybe be steady goaltenders. You never know what's going to happen. But can I count on them not to have you know a really bad slump? at an important time in the season? No at, way. At the same time? Yeah, no way. Can't, wouldn't I, it, surpri- can't it wouldn't surprise you at all if we had a couple of weeks go by where you're saying, wow, the Leafs are scoring five goals a night, but they can't get a save. Yeah. And they that's what happens when they're they're rolling out there with streaky goaltenders. Uh, guys who've been streaky, guys who've been great. We've seen one of them win a Stanley Cup as a, a starter. But 
you, I just don't feel comfortable betting on and those it took, two guys. And it took, you know, Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews having insane seasons to kind of mask the defensive woes last season. If if Austin Matthews isn't you know winning the Hart Trophy and scoring 60 goals this upcoming season, are they taking a step back? And I think, of course, they are. And here's the other thing with Toronto. They lost some depth up front as far as I'm concerned. And as we've talked about, we mentioned this a lot. This is going back to last season. There were a lot of very leaky defenses in the league last. Scoring was up yeah. for a lot of teams across the league last year. And the teams in your division that you play a ton, in the case of the teams in the Atlantic, those teams at the bottom have all gotten a little better. I don't I it would not surprise me if we saw the Marner and Matthews point totals drop a little bit this year. Yeah. And it's they're they're entering I mean they're in prime years. They're going to be Heart Trophy contenders. Well, for the same reason, the we don't think the Panthers are going to score a historic amount of goals again this year. But I don't know. They'll that, be really good on offense, but they're not going to break every record again. And I don't know that the Leafs are going to score at the rate they did last no, year. I wouldn't. So I would they're going to need a little that. bit better goaltending this year. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they have better goaltending this year. So it's tough for me to say that they can come out on top of Andre Vasilevsky and the Lightning in the regular season standings because I don't see those two goalies giving them the level of play that they need. Yeah, and you kind of look at like the big cores of the teams we're talking about. So you look at the Panthers, like let's just say four. So you look at, okay, Barky, Kachuk, Ekblad, Bob. Really solid, really solid, especially with the bounce back Bob had last year. Bob and, had a great year and last it, year. In the playoffs, looked lights out, just got, you know, <laughs> Andre Vasilevsky was more lights out, which is insane. Um, but you look at, you know, then you go to Lightning and you have, okay, Stamkos, Kucherov, Hedman, Vasilevsky, you know, one of the top, fours in the league best you know what the last eight years however long it's no been. there is there is a lot the the odometer yeah that number is getting higher it's getting on those higher guys. but those guys until they actually take a step back you can't predict it but and then you go to the lease and you're like okay you know M- matthews marner insane really good defense you're looking at you know riley and they have they've have, they've have other pieces back there you know lilligren's you know good and then you go goaltending and suddenly you're saying okay they got samsonov and they got uh murray so if you look at those three teams, out of the big four that you're probably going to lean on the most throughout the season, and depth's important for all these teams, but you look at the big four you're going to lean on throughout the season, and I'm like, ugh. I definitely feel better about the Panthers and Lightning than I do the Leafs. Well, and the Leafs were in a cap situation. They're, they didn't have the ability to just go out and get whatever goaltender they wanted. So the options were limited in that regard. They're paying a lot of money to guys like Matthews and Mitch Marner and mm-hmm. John Tavares. So with money tied up in those guys, they couldn't just go out and say, we want that goal. They had to be a little bit more crafty in what they came up with. And it's just an interesting spot for a team that the pressure is really on. You could say that the pressure might be on Toronto just because of where they play. Mm-hmm. The pressure might be on the Toronto Maple Leafs more this season than any other team in the National Hockey League. They have had this can't get past the first round thing hanging over them for a long time. Mm -hmm. And they're going into it with some of the most question. And they're a team that's had questionable goaltending for a long time, Mm -hmm. up and down goaltending for a long time. When was the last time you felt really good about a Toronto goaltender? So if we, and I'm, I'm not saying this to that season Freddie had there, Freddie Anderson. I, I, well, I think that, people now are starting to realize how much Freddie Anderson meant to that team. Yeah. And at times he seemed like he was inconsistent, but we remember that this Leafs group was really making their ascent Mm. during the end, the last couple of the Freddie Anderson years. And he was under fire. There were games. They didn't play a lot of D in front of him (laughs) and he kept him in the games and made a lot of things look 
maybe better defensively than they actually were. And now we're seeing just how much he meant to that team. Him behind a really strong defense now is, whew, lights out. Exactly. And now he's a, if Freddie can be healthy, he's a, a Vesna contender playing in, in Carolina. But the Toronto Maple Leafs for a long time have, have had questions in net. And uh, this is an interesting one. Best goaltender the Toronto Maple Leafs have ever drafted. Who do you think ever it is? drafted? Ever drafted. Who? Kind of a trick question. Tuka? Tuka? Yeah. Tuka. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It's always a fun factoid. Uh, and, he, and he never never played a minute for them. But uh, all that being said, I, getting back to what we're talking about, it's just the questions in net and so, the lack of questions in net for Tampa Bay that I think put the Lightnings ahead. Yeah. The, light, the uh, Lightning ahead of them. The Lightnings. And like I said, the Lightnings. Um, and like I said, this is kind of the end of our Atlantic Division preview because at the very top of the Panthers, and now we're just going to talk about the Panthers every single day till the end of time. So I think we all agreed as we kind of look back on the Atlantic Division previews. And if you haven't listened, go back and listen to part one and part two to kind of climb the ladder of the Atlantic Division from last year's standings. I think we agreed the the bottom four teams are all going to have more points. Top four teams are all going to have less points. It's going to kind of be a better, more balanced division as a whole. Not that many fewer points for the teams at the top, but I do think if you had to you know predict today, I would say Panthers, Lightning, Leafs and I think the Lightning and the Panthers are very close and I think the Leafs are going to be farther out of that top two than some people think they are and then if Tampa Bay knocks Toronto out in the first round again I'm sure they'll they'll handle that very well up there well we have a lot of time to potentially prepare for that <laughs> so uh, we'll see how things play out but that's what we're looking at with our preseason rankings within the Atlantic division moral of the story Jameson Olive you can't take a night off in this Atlantic even more so than years past even the teams that aren't going to make the playoffs are going to be much more competitive and closer. And I think that's another, once we said another, you know, Kachuk perk is uh, from talking to Rupper there, you know, he's not a guy that's ever going to take a night off. So he's, he's ready for that. Yeah. We're excited to see him and the Panthers hit the ice uh, preseason right around the corner. The regular season right around the corner as well. Tickets at FloridaPanthers.com. Make sure you get those. And uh, again, uh, this is going to be a, an exciting division as we get things going here pretty soon. And follow along at FloridaPanthers.com, at Jamison Coop. He'll be there for the prospect tournament coming up over the weekend up in Raleigh. So be sure to check out all the content coming from up there. Uh, that's about all we've got for you on this week's episode. And we thank you again for being along with us throughout our Atlantic Division previews. But, uh, Jameson, anything else you want to send out to the folks out there before we I'm get just going? A, I'm just excited to get going here. We all are. Yeah. Well, people are probably excited us to talk about hockey again. And if they've stuck around for all this... Uh, the numbers the maybe, numbers do spike once again once the season starts. So we have our loyal yes. listeners. And season. we thank all of and you. And speaking of loyal listeners, uh, shout out Ben Cobbs. Happy belated birthday. I voted him that happy oh, birthday, ben, happy birthday. for a while. So shout out to him. But... Yeah, no, excited to get back into it, get back into this. We're going to do some more Prospect Pipeline podcast. The 5-Minute Morning Skate with Doug Plagans is coming back. It's coming back better than ever. I, I love the 5-Minute Morning Skate. It might even be the 5-Minute and 2-Second Morning Skate. The 5-Minute Morning Skate give you a little is more. my most favorite audio thing we've ever done, because even though I, like... You write, dreamed it up! Even though I write it, and even though, like, I edit it after you're done with it, I still listen to it, like, later in the day, because it really is just a great 5 A refresher! It's, it's, it's part of my re- game prep. It's great. <laughs> I love it. And we have, yeah, we have lots of exciting stuff coming your way uh, as the season gets closer. So don't miss any of it. And uh, we can't wait to continue bringing it all to you. Thanks to everybody who was with us all summer. Can this, is this like the last summer episode? Yeah, let's call it last summer. Last summer. Episode. End of school. School's back in session Cat next week on Territory Talk. Session, yeah. 
All right, folks, thanks for being with us all summer long. Thanks for being with us each and every week. And uh, whether this is your first time listening or your 200 and something time listening, we thank you very much for being on board with us. Again, FloridaPanthers.com is your one-stop shop for all the Panthers information as we get closer to training camp and the season. Follow along with uh, for all the info uh, coming your way from Prospect uh, Tournament as well coming up over the weekend here. So lots to send your way there. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks to Mike Rupp from NHL Network for stopping by. For Jamison Olive, I'm Doug Plagans. Territory Talk has been presented by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. Folks, this has been Territory Talk. We'll talk to you next week.